0: It all started with kimchi. (laughs) On a dark, rainy winter night, I came home after visiting the doctor for the fifth or sixth time. I was experiencing the most common health issue in America, stomach ache, digestive debugging. The doctor's first guess was it could be one of eight things ranging from nothing to cancer. It's like, all right, thank you, doc. Do you mind um, narrowing it down a little bit for me? But also, is there anything I can do to help myself? Among 20 other things, he said, eat more probiotics. All right. Being technically Asian, Middle East is in Asia, actually. Surprisingly, a few people know that. Um, I went on YouTube and searched for kimchi. Some of you have heard me say this before YouTube is college. Hashtag color code. Anyway, I stumbled upon this dude who was making his own kimchi and talked about it like most guys talk about sports. There was such a practical, raw, honest New York vibe surrounding this one kimchi. I just kept watching. Then I watched him bake bread. Then there was the sandwich series. And on and on and on until one day I noticed my YouTube recommendations has more stuff from him than almost any other YouTuber. So, what does kimchi and YouTube have to do with the drunk web? Let's find out. Boys and girls, welcome to episode 35 of the drunk web. The YouTuber I was telling you about is here today, fellow New Yorker. This is my first collaboration, if you can call it that, with a YouTuber about time. Please welcome Mike Greenfield, a.k.a. Life by Mike G, a.k.a. Brothers Green Eats. What's up, man? That was awesome.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a cool, you know, no one, um, say I meet someone on the street. I, I, I'll ask them some questions if they're a Brothers Green fan. But it's rare that I get, like, a full <laughs> biography of how you, you know, started watching the videos and got into it, and that was really cool. Yeah. Awesome. It's true. All of that. So, fermentation yeah. for
0: you was the the entrance. I have to admit, the kimchi was pretty intimidating, so yeah. I didn't do it. Okay. I did go and buy a bunch of kimchi. Yeah. The, the good kind. Whole foods. So Yeah. Um, but...
1: Did the probiotics help you? As we are drinking a, a drink filled with probiotics, yeah. kombucha right
0: here. So, you probably don't know this, but tradition on the Drunk Web is that the guest talks about the drink because mm. they usually pick the drink. Today's special. You actually have a huge part you played in making this drink so which would make sense right uh, coder to chef i hope uh,
1: (laughs) (laughs) i would play a part in the drink right
0: yeah yeah so tell the good people what's the drink what's in it how it came about so you asked me my drink
1: preferences i think that was the the start um and for me i what did i say i said mezcal i like mezcal Mm -hmm. um Love tequila, but mezcal is my favorite. And then I think I said kombucha too, or kombucha Mm. cocktails or something like that because I'm kombucha obsessed. This is my favorite beverage on earth. I make a lot of kombucha. I teach a lot of people how to make kombucha, and I'm currently creating a kombucha course right now. So I've been making a lot of kombucha, and they work great as cocktails. They do. Um, So this one right here is... Uh, a spring edition that I've really been loving. It's strawberry and rhubarb because co- kombucha, basically you have a fermented tea. It's really simple um, at the base. You know, most people hear it and then what the hell is kombucha? They taste it. You might, I don't know. Some people hate it. Some people love it. It usually takes some time to right. to get the flow of kombucha. So this right here is just the fermented tea. And then I juiced Rhubarb and strawberries fresh from the farmer's market, so like the most spring ingredients you can get, added it to the kombucha, and that's where you get the carbonation by adding you know the extra uh, sugars. That's how it carbonates, so it works perfectly as a fizzy addition to the other part of the drink, which is just mezcal and some citrus. We've got some grapefruit, some orange, some lime, a little bit of honey. Some
0: mint, and then, yeah,
1: this kombucha. And it's delicious. It is
0: amazing. Yeah. You have your own hashtag, Booch of the Week. Mm. Is that uh, still going on?
1: That's still, go- this is the Booch of the Week right here. <laughs> this seriously is the We're Booch of the it. Week. Yeah. Th- that's something that I was doing just to promote the course. Um, you know, for me, I don't even like for me. I, I just fell in love with this drink. It's so fun to make. You get the probiotics. You get it's it's so incredible for you, just digestive relief, um, things like that. And then you get to flavor it any way you want. So the 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 sort of culinary side of kombucha is incredible. It's very rare that you can make a beverage at home it's not easy to do that to make like a flavored beverage and kombucha is a really easy way like you know i cook all the time um but to have almost a healthy soda that i can customize and add different flavors combination soda right Yeah, yeah it's just you know it's fizzy it's uh it's just a healthier version less sugar um it's filled with vitamins um so it's fun to be able to just customize that. Do
0: you think we've come full circle? Do you think sodas started from things like this, and now we're going back to? Yeah,
1: yeah. most likely. I mean, there's a but. If you look, I'm not a historian on drinks and beverages, but if you go back into that world, you know, there's so many different types of carbonated drinks, mm. but naturally carbonated, yeah. whether it be ginger beer, beer in general, shrubs, um, kombucha. And then it just went way off course <laughs> and it became corn syrup and, well, yeah, you know, all that. Yeah. But it's like people, that's the thing. If you can start weaning back to um, more natural versions, you can get the same essence um, without drinking, you know, 30 grams of sugar in, yeah. in a beverage. Right.
0: So it's funny because it's the first time we meet, but I feel like I've known you for a while because mm. I watch you on youtube i'm going to stress on the number for a second, but you have one point four million subscribers on YouTube. I know that for a fact that it's not it's an incredibly difficult thing to achieve yeah, how long did it take you to find your overnight success <laughs> <laughs> i
1: don't I don't even understand that question so i let's see I mean more I think that's the idea is that it wasn't overnight success um it It took. Yeah, it's just—I mean, we got into YouTube at a good time. Obviously, it's really difficult. I would not want to try to get in today. I don't think I would even attempt personally. Uh, I mean, nah, who knows? But for for us um, with Brothers Green, we were putting out um, videos on Vimeo originally. I mean, it, you know, you came in. Some people have been on the Brothers Green Journey for, <laughs> for seven years. Um, we started on Vimeo when views like weren't even. You know, Vimeo is like the filmmakers, mm. and we were working with a filmmaker. So he's like, uh, YouTube, like that's like some some bullshit. You know, the gamers and the viral mm. videos. That's not a place to put right. real content. So we put stuff on Vimeo and then from that, that's when like literally we didn't even look at the views, didn't even matter, wasn't a thing. And then um, we got picked up by the first official channel, cooking channel on YouTube called The Hungry Channel. And that's when YouTube started becoming a little more legit. They were actually investing, Google was investing a ton of money into the production. Cool. So we had this like official show, it had big budgets. How
0: many videos you had by then?
1: Well, this is we didn't have a channel. We were on their channel. So we did three seasons and they were highly produced, almost television shows. But how did they pick you guys? Just Vimeo? Through Vim Oh, so we had ten videos on Vimeo. And they just liked our our vibe. You know, we were these hipster guys. Um it was very lifestyle based, um, and just very unique mm-hmm. you know that was before again i stressed that the, you stress the numbers i stress the non-numbers so at that time it wasn't based on numbers so it was just pure creative yeah. art form like anyone when they're young and it's not such a business yet it's very um pure and we were just creating very unique uh, lifestyle cooking videos that have never really been seen, um, you know, on the internet or on TV. And that's how we initially got into YouTube.
0: The first thing I noticed about your videos is that tiny kitchen, Mm -hmm. I think most people notice that, which would be excuse number one for most people. If they want to start a cooking show. Did it ever occur to you that this might not work?
1: Well, it's funny, because right now I'm finally upgrading. I've been in that kitchen for five years. When I started how are, big is
0: it? Because some people might not know.
1: Maybe 50 square feet. Yeah. It's, I live in Brooklyn, and you know, the, the home the it's town a home tiny. is uh, 100 years old, so it's, it's a galley kitchen on a floor, so it's just a really thin kitchen. Um, so when I was in Williamsburg, when I started the YouTube channel, Josh and I had a big loft and that's where we started filming and it was great i loved it and uh, you know classic you've got the island you set the camera up and that's just like i this. grew up yeah i grew up on the food network so that was just always the way i imagined a cooking show would go and then i moved in to this apartment and i took a look around i love the apartment there was no denying that like I, you know it was more important that i liked the neighborhood i liked the apartment You know, I live there with my wife. It's not all about my cooking show. Um, So I wasn't pumped about it for (laughs) sure, especially in the beginning. And um, But I got really organized. um, And, you know, that's what I do. I turned it into almost like a workshop. So it was super efficient, super organized. And I learned how to film properly. And then, like we were talking about before, what happened was... Which I didn't expect, which was um so many people were inspired naturally because you know a big population is dealing with a small kitchen space, and they didn't think they could cook the way I cooked in a kitchen like that, so that was something that I didn't expect that turned out to be really that was just a bonus, mm. like moving in there I wasn't like, oh you know, I'm going to be so relatable now. I was just like, fuck, you know, mm. I want
0: a bigger kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm sure you had early videos that didn't do so well. Mm. What made you keep going?
1: Um, I, that's an interesting question. I mean, I think early on, I never thought about, I feel like I never thought about quitting. I I think it was always a pretty steady path. I think re- more recently, you know, when you have success, yeah. that's when the pressure comes in. I don't, when you're, when, it, when it's early on, you know, we used to get, when we were on the Hungry Channel, I think we would get a video, you know, maybe it got 50,000 hits and we were like, holy shit. That was a big deal. So the scale is, uh, much smaller whereas now (laughs) when you've gotten big numbers that's when you think about quitting is like when a video doesn't do good or you go into a little slump which is it happens on youtube you can't sustain the you know that uphill trajectory for life Mm -hmm. um so it's i would say it's more What was even, what what was the question about?
0: Yeah, like, did you even think about, oh, shit, my first 20 videos aren't doing so well. Why am I even doing this?
1: No, because I was, in the beginning, I was just so excited. I felt like the first video, (laughs) it's like classic. uh, The first video I put out on Vimeo, I was like, oh, this is it. You know, mm. we're famous. <laughs> 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 Meanwhile, like seventy-five people saw it. Uh, but that was just my—I don't know—it was just um, a crazy man back then. But um, in the beginning, I was just flowing, and things were happening. But mm. yeah, it was—it'd be more recently of like when things, you know, would go
0: south. Yeah. Um. Yeah there there seems to be a lot of like, pretending going on right now mm. as like the state of. The, the current state of the hustle where everybody seems like they're doing so much. Uh-huh. On Instagram, there's like hashtags. You know, the hu- keep, go- yeah, hus- keep going. Yeah, hashtag
1: hustle. And hashtag hustle. That is really, uh, yeah. It's I've been fascinating. that.
0: So fascinating to see how little, like I do this little podcast. Yeah. It's work, right? Every time putting yeah. everything together. I know what it takes. And then when people talk about, I'm gonna do this. I'm going to do that. And then you look at their Instagram. It looks like they are. Mm. But you look underneath and very few people, I sound like a cynic, but very few people are actually putting something together without expecting results. And that's kind of from the same last question. You didn't sound like you were looking for videos to do well. You were just happy to do videos.
1: Yeah. I mean, like early on, it's been a long journey, but I this is just what I wanted to do. I wanted a cooking show and I believed in myself. Um, and I loved it. Yeah. I loved making videos and it was, you know, like I say, when I talk about the views, it was pretty cool in the beginning cause it wasn't based on that. It was more just, okay, can we get to the next stage or whatever? You know, we were just making really creative content. Um, it's just changed over time. YouTube culture with numbers and hits and Instagram, everything has changed and everything has become so based around analytics, which is something that I'm like now repelled. I've always been a little just, that's that's a hard battle when you're, you know, you make a living on social media. But for me, that naturally repels me. And I don't like that world hmm. of, you know, I don't want my job based around that to be honest. Cause you can't
0: even control it. It's, exactly.
1: It's, yeah. And I like control yeah. and it, it is, that's, you know, that's the answer is that you, it is out of your control. You put out a video and it's like, for whatever reason, the, world, yeah. the, you know, the, the systems, the um, algorithms get it out to more people. And it's yeah. really not, There's not so much that you can do about that. Um, It's goddamn coders changing algorithms all the time.
0: Do you do it all yourself? Do you do shoot, edit, write? Do you write? I'm sure you do research.
1: Yeah. Well, it depends on what I do. Write. Um, It depends on what type of video, but I do. You know, it's all self-produced. Like the sandwich series, for instance. That that um, is a series that you know, shoot, edit. Uh, produce yeah. all of those
0: things yeah. yeah cannot believe you pulled off that pastrami sandwich mm. that was insane yeah like how is no you're not you're gonna probably buy the meat how yeah, are you gonna yeah, do yeah. the meat? that's the whole <laughs> thing like without the meat yeah that was pretty amazing right nice. um one of the things i i think this is probably one of the biggest reasons why your content does well is because You are so clearly yourself. Mm. So many YouTubers I watch who make jokes at the wrong time, I think they, I can almost see it in their eyes. They're thinking, this is getting too serious. Ah, I should make a joke now.
1: Interesting.
0: But you are, a lot of your videos, there's zero joke. There's just content. It's raw, but it works. Ah. Like it doesn't need any extra flavor. Thank you, you, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. Do you ever think... I should have made that a little more
1: interesting or. Well, one thing that was difficult, speaking of jokes, was that, you know, when I, when Josh and I formed, a lot of Brothers Green was based around, um, a lot of Brothers Green was based around comedy because it was this creative dynamic duo Mm -hmm. and my brother is very funny funny. naturally he's funny and it was that sort of straight guy you know crazy guy and that is a naturally funny scenario and (laughs) you know when we we had a show on mtv for two seasons and like they brought in comedy producers and the show was very comedy based and that was almost a little uncomfortable for me because i'm not naturally like a funny guy um yeah i'll take some ice so one thing that was a little difficult was finding my own voice because I had always filmed with my brother. So it was always natural, like, oh, we're going to play into this, you know, brother's green <laughs> role. And and if one is funny, you don't maybe have to be funny. Yeah, yeah, There was just a lot of that. So it was awesome and really difficult to, you know, the fermentation stuff, the stuff that you first saw, yeah. that was, you know, some of the first stuff I started putting out on my own. That was just you know, I was interested in it. So yeah. I was in those moments, I was really just trying to find my voice. Um, and my voice wasn't, I was trying to be authentic. So I'm glad it's awesome to hear that. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think part of that was like, yeah, this isn't funny, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but that's interesting to hear you say that. That's, that's
0: yeah. actually really cool. It's funny. Cause you think, I think about this a lot. I mm. think, because I my content started off funny, because I spent a lot of time writing. Yeah. I do I do write pretty extensively. I care about that. But then, I can tell
1: by the intro of the uh, podcast. <laughs> I like that writing's awesome.
0: It, it was you know if the whole thing is scripted then maybe yeah, it's yeah. too much. But I wanted to tell a story of how I know you and and things like that. But so I started off funny. So sometimes I shoot a video for Color Code and it's very serious and it's because we're talking about coding. There's only so many dick jokes there. Mm. Um, And then I go back and I question it. I'm like, hmm, maybe I should have slipped in this. And then I get in this vicious cycle. Dick jokes, slipped Mm. it in. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Had to do it. Um, So, yeah, I think about that a little bit. Maybe I should, maybe I should not. (laughs) Uh, No,
1: I mean, that's, uh, I think the key for any creative is really just to, everyone is 100% unique and for me it's always getting closer to that 100% and we're always, you know, using outside sources to mimic because, you know, that's that's what humans do. We we mimic things. So for me, like I grew up and, you know, I watched Jamie Oliver and Tyler Florence and all these food network people and that was kind of my dream, you know, to be one of these guys and then you end up in a world that looks totally different, a world on the internet or wherever, you know, just a modern world that you're living in. And you start, it's the classic, you know, journey of any creative musician whatever it is. It's like you start off mimicking and then you find your voice and all that stuff. And that, it's true. That's what I feel like I've been trying to do is get out of who I thought I was or who I thought I wanted to be mm-hmm. and become who I should be mike g mike g
0: all right (laughs) still working on it (laughs) i think we all are you're damn close um so there is a part of the drunk web um called the questionnaire do you you ever watch that guy from uh, actor studio um he does the interviews with actors yeah 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 he has a questionnaire at the end yeah it's like ah, when you die where do you want god to say um i have my own questionnaire that i've built over time for the drunk web yeah instead of giving it to you at the end I'm just gonna sprinkle it in <laughs> it. <laughs> I like it like a little cupcake uh, so every couple of serious questions things we talk about I'm gonna just give you like a fun one okay got it um, and some of these might be educational so yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I need you to school the people out Ooh, there I like education when yeah. it comes to food and I mean anything. so your niche like you said <laughs> yeah. small kitchens small New York apartments um, people listening um, this is my studio, yeah, you know my studio. I cook most of my meals, actually you'll be proud it's to know beautiful um, I can
1: tell by this this setup, okay, I, I knew you had skills i i couldn't tell that's good to hear cool. you cook
0: that's All right. you know I promote that pro yeah. home cook you do yeah, and uh you haven't been completely out of the number of reasons why I cook these mm-hmm. days so lot um, the studio starts smelling like food. How do you get the f- smell out quickly?
1: You don't, number one. <laughs> you live with it. Yeah, I mean, that is something that I never tried to do because I don't think there's really um, there's really anything you can do about that. Like, you can light, you know. I like lighting incense and things in my house. I like the smell of... so So that happens. But for me, it's like, you know, in the winter, for instance, I don't cook fish because fish is one of the stinkiest things in your house. And when I can't open the windows yeah. fully that's a problem so <laughs> there's there's not much you can do about that you you hopefully have some ventilation and you've got yeah. windows and <laughs> yeah but that. it's it's true like i you know i'm sure it stanks it thanks up everything but that's that's the life yeah. of a cook you know
0: yeah and then you know brown life like i cook with spices and yeah and, all that. and i know. do too <laughs> so yeah no it gets it's pretty
1: it's that's it's true. Yeah. It's true. I feel like we go to my to my wife's um, home back back where she grew up and like they can smell the spice, <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, it's in your hair. Yeah. It's, it's everywhere. Yeah. Where is she from? She is originally she was born in Israel, um, but she moved when she was two years old and she lives in Long Island.
0: OK, yeah. well, Israel also a lot of spice, a lot so. of spice. Oh,
1: I love Israeli food love the uh i mean i love the middle eastern spices and i just i love middle eastern food mediterranean food that's
0: one of my i would say top three cuisines top three all right we made it boys (laughs) Uh, (laughs) is there anything you would not put zatar on jeez that Mm. thing is unbelievably good yeah
1: zatar's is 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 real good um i mean (laughs) yeah my, I don't know, like I've never tried it in my ramen, <laughs> but it certainly works good for the Middle Eastern flavors. Yeah.
0: Um, you know, going through that health episode yeah. that I was talking about. Yeah. How did, like, did the,
1: the fermentation help you, the probiotics?
0: So, I attacked this thing from every angle. Mm. I went with kimchi. I, I mean, yogurt is a big part of my yeah. diet and Middle Eastern diet yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah. I doubled down on yogurt. I started drinking a lot less um, and just some medication like antacids things yeah. like that nothing serious and guess what it was terrible for 3 weeks and then disappeared i went to doctors specialists i did 6 and or 7 and it was seven. a
1: digestive issue yeah i was just
0: in pain all the time really yeah and they couldn't tell me what's going on they wow. couldn't tell me anything wow i went to specialists they did a lot of procedures on me but they came back hey we don't know what's going on it will pro- probably pass I'm like doc yeah tell me something yeah i'm a software guy i need some data here yeah like you you tell me this pain is not for nothing anyway he came back as i mean he just went away about two weeks ago wow yeah congrats yeah i mean
1: fermentation it could have been a balancing out of bacteria you know that's the idea behind eating more fermented foods in your diet is that we grew, you know, human beings. That's what we were surviving off of before refrigerators. Um, so much of our diet was fermented so much that you just don't think about because food is so you go to the market and what do we got? Kimchi. Oh, that's some good stuff. Yeah. Make it at home. You save a lot of money though that's the thing about fermented food is that you buy it in the store and it's Mark it's it's a heavy markup it's an expensive item
0: yeah I gotta do I, I mean kimchi is close to my heart I gotta do yeah. it I gotta watch your thing yeah again. man yeah. it's
1: fun too I mean it's not for everyone but yeah I for we we really survived off fermented food forever so our bodies grew adapted to having those healthy bacterias from from fermented foods and it's just missing not in all cultures but like you said you know you're used to yogurt that's one of the only things we have and the yogurt i've been making my own yogurt from scratch and it's like it's just i feel it feels more middle eastern to me Hmm. because i you know you go over there you get yogurt and it's a different it's a different thing it's a different thing and it to me it's not even i can't once you make it at home I can't eat store-bought yogurt. <laughs> Chobani
0: won't cut it no, anymore. No, 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 no. Yeah, no. my mom makes it, and uh, and she gets whole milk, yes. too, from, right? Is oh,
1: that the, oh, yeah, I you have to. Okay. I get the cream line from the far <laughs> Oh, market. yeah.
0: It, it's like cheese. Oh, yeah. Have you ever experienced um, any sort of stomach issues? Um,
1: Nothing serious. My wife has some stomach issues, and that's a big part of just eating healthy and kind of going on that journey, yeah. Um, just for me, it was learning about health, maybe six years ago, um, learning about, you know, healthy diets and reading books about this stuff that kind of sent me on a journey. Um, and because my diet at the time, because I never really experienced, you know, too many health issues, um, growing up, I had a horrible diet, you know, like just my mom was Servant, you know i was eating lunchables for <laughs> yeah. do you know what a lunchable is i don't even know what that is you don't want to no. know yeah it's, it's 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 basically food in a box mm. it, it it doesn't even i can't believe like i it, there's zero there's a jerry seinfeld skit <laughs> about it's like when we grew up th- there was no such thing as nutrition you know <laughs> like there's just zero nutrition yeah and that's kind of how i grew up in a sense that it just i wasn't getting that wasn't a thing you know we got to eat really healthy so that took me some time to evolve but once you for me it was more not you know having severe health issues maybe you know I used to get more stomach aches for sure but once you start your journey of you know eating healthier cleaning up your diet eating more fermented foods it's one of those it's just like you you keep I just want to get cleaner and cleaner because you start getting in tune with your body. Hmm. And when you're in tune, you notice things, you notice if you go out and you eat something bad, you'll notice it because your body is like operating, you know, at a, a higher level, a cleaner level. So for me, it's just always trying to feel the best. And that's that's very important for me. Just yeah, really, you know, eating the best diet that I can. This is eat.
0: great because it was the next thing. American food culture is some, something mm-hmm. I wanted to talk to you about. I didn't go to school here. Yeah, but I I hear what kids are being served, and yeah. it's just it's it's insane to me what the default family fast food looks like here. It's it's unbelievable. I guess maybe outside of big cities, maybe a little bit. Yeah. It's just the default American food is so far from what it should, what it could be. Yeah. Do you think there's hope for the default American food to yeah. change, to become a little bit less plasticky or what are your thoughts on that?
1: I personally think there's a lot of hope. Like I said, I grew up eating plastic food. A Lunchable was, it was, you know, there might've been plastic in that stuff. And Like, like I said, with the Jerry Seinfeld skit, you know, I don't think there will ever be a time that was quite like, you know, the post-war industrial revolution where people trusted factories on Mm. that level. It's still, you know, it's still really bad today for sure. But I don't know if there will ever people are getting much more educated And the question that I think about is, will it just continue to grow in this major divide where there's always going to be a huge movement of, you know, healthy people. You can see it's growing like crazy, but then the other portion is still larger of unhealthy diets. And the question is, will that get bigger? Um, or will it start being taken over by, you know, more health knowledge and I don't know, to be honest. I, yeah. That's for me. That's you know part of my goal is just spreading whatever I can spread on eating a healthier diet, or just for you know that the key. I think a lot of people miss this is cooking. Mm. You know, Michael Pollan wrote a book called um, "Cooked," and I think he went out and this was after like three books on the food industry. And he had seen everything. He had written about everything, and then he comes out with this book called "Cooked." And he's like, the number one thing you can do to sort of rebel against the food industry—you know, the mass food industry—is just cook food. It's like it's in the power's in your hands, and you can you can do it. And it starts as simple as that. And that that was kind of the formation of Brothers Green. It's like where the foundation is just it doesn't matter if you have four ingredients, you know, if you put those together and you do something with it and it's your own, yeah. that's going to set you on a journey, small steps until that's how I started. And now I'm making homemade kombucha. I <laughs> <laughs> so just know that, you <laughs> know, if you're out there and you don't cook, Small baby steps, like anything. If you're a coder, I'm sure it's the same thing. Yeah. You don't just start coding, you know, full websites.
0: No, I see you doing that all the time, where you just go in your fridge and you find four things that have nothing to do with each other. You bring them out, and you're like, "All right, we can. What can we do with this?" And you know what's funny? I relate to that because some of the best food I cooked for my girlfriend has been stuff that we didn't go out and intentionally buy. Yeah, it was the stuff from. The last four days, you know, a little bit of this left, a little bit of that. You put it together and she's amazed. Yeah. She's like, How did you just put that to? I'm like, Yeah, that's sexy stuff right there. Dude, for, tell yeah, me about
1: that's it. That's impressive. This is- <laughs> that's how I got my wife, I believe, you know, <laughs> just picking things out of the fridge. But it's, you know, that's what I've realized. I think that is the number one skill um, when it comes to cooking is that. If you can turn nothing into something, right. that's the value because you're gonna save so much money. And the more I get into cooking, the more I limit myself because that's where creativity comes as well. So if I go to the market and I you know I know in my head, not every time, but I'm gonna generally are, I'll get the bananas. right? And I try to keep it flexible, especially the farmer's markets. I'm, I'm going by inspiration, but you're still gonna get some things that you're used to because people like comfort. So when you're dwindling in your fridge and things start getting uncomfortable, i I love those moments now because that's where you <laughs> innovate. <laughs> that's where you come up with new stuff because you're forced, you know, like we didn't always have just supermarkets f- filled right. with things right. and you know, endless food, endless options. And people think that's good. They think that's, you know, the most, oh, look, I have endless options. But when you don't have options, Mm. it's funny. It's it's ironic, but that's where the, the true creativity comes from is just limitations.
0: Yeah. It's funny because we didn't have options for so long and maybe that sucked in so many ways, but now that we have options, that, create some other challenges. So
1: it's a balance that sucks too. But I mean, generally it's good, you know, we're not starving, but just when it comes to creativity specifically, I think it can hinder it. And people don't always see that. And for me for a while, I, you know, I always kept my fridge pretty packed and now it's like, get stuff, use it all. And that's the other thing is waste. Mm. When you are always getting stuff, always bringing something new in. Oh, I need the orange. Like people are programmed to, I see it all the time where, you know, recipe is happening and, oh, my God, we don't have lemons. You know, let's go to the store and get a lemon. It's like, no, people are programmed to do that. They need, they're they programmed by recipes. And I always tried to promote get it, deprogramming that mm. and getting people out of that mindset of you don't need it. You need what you have. Mm-hmm. You know, make it work. It's just food. Mm. It doesn't have to be perfect to the recipe.
0: You know who does a good job of that? Chopped. Mm, right. Yeah. They force each true. other. It's like, well, I need lemons, but I have limes. I think teaching people how to, and you do a pretty good job yeah. of this. You show people, Oh, if you don't have sugar, just use Not honey. Good
1: enough. Cause I didn't win chopped.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, were you on chopped? That was, yeah, no way. Yeah. Way back. Uh, way back. You should go back. Redemption. Yeah.
1: That's all right. I'm done with the food network. I've <laughs> had enough.
0: Um, is it true that your grandparents went to Cat's Deli? My grandparents, yeah. Oh, from the video, from the video
1: that was actually my great <laughs> grandparents. Oh, yeah. That they even lived, cooler. They lived in. Um, they lived in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so the, another generation ahead. But wait, but my dad is like, you know, he was always obsessed with the Jewish delis. Whenever we came to New York, he had. Carnegie Deli was his spot. Okay. Recently he's been, you know, on the cast train. And when I when I found out about Katz's and I first had it, I was like, this is so much better. Mm. Just the thick cut and so good. But Carnegie Deli, I believe, shut
0: down. Oh. I yeah. was gonna say I haven't been. Don't kill yeah, me. Yeah, no, don't no, kill no, me, Dad. No, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Can we, by the way, do a cheers to those great grandparents who yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. made all this possible sponsored by great grandparents? <laughs> That's what was cool about that video
1: when I was making the sandwich. Mm. You know, just connecting to my roots yeah. and realizing, wow, you know, I like you think you're from a place. I thought I was from Philadelphia, and it's like, well, I came through here first. You <laughs> know, my family at least. It's, yeah, it's it's cool to feel that, and I feel I feel that with New York. I don't, you know, I don't know about you, um, but I don't know. I feel. Do you feel connected to this place?
0: The, I struggle thinking about where i would go next mm. there nothing there is nothing there so you, know? you were
1: always driven to new york like when did that get into your head i mean i know you have family it was
0: 10 really 11 I and used to what watch was it scorsese i would uh, watch scorsese films and i would think there's something so real not beautiful real ah about all these pictures yeah. What is it? Why is every movie that I like set up here? Why is every book, when I open it, published in all these artists? Yeah. Born in Long Island. Born in New York. Born in. There's something going on here. I gotta go check it out. That's
1: really cool. Cause for me, I was never attracted. I didn't. You know, I grew up in the suburbs, so I didn't. I wasn't attracted to cities. Um, I wasn't attracted to New York. Never thought I'd be here. Um, but now like, and it had to grow on me so much, Mm. but I've learned that it's that it's the realness. It's, it's like, there's a certain type of creativity that comes from that. And like you said, it's, I think sometimes, you know, for me, maybe it wasn't attractive because it wasn't this beautiful place. Like I was always California fan, right? (laughs) but there's California is like the opposite. That's like Mm -hmm. the fake. (laughs) I mean, California is amazing, but, um, There is a realness that is special. I mean, you
0: talk to anybody from California, they say the same thing. They say, I can't have conversation. I was having Mm. uh, drinks with a friend of mine two days ago, and she moved from New York after 15 years to California, and she's like- That's hard. I can't talk to people. They don't want to have conversations. They just get in their car and go away. Everybody looks the same. And, but Californians say the same thing. It's not, we're not talking behind
1: their backs. No, it's, you know, it's interesting. It's a different culture. You know, when I first started going out to California, (laughs) just visiting, I was almost, you can be tricked because people are (laughs) extremely friendly. So like you come from New York where people like, you know, put their head down and like (sighs) a little bit of a fuck you attitude and then you go over there and everyone's like saying hi and you're having a lot of small talk. But you know, the question is like when a relationship develops, like that's what I hear about that culture. It's a little more difficult to sustain, you know, real relationships. So it's like, you have to cut through it here. Yeah. But once you're through, it's You're in baby. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: have you ever given yourself food poisoning? Myself, no. no. You know, it's funny because we had
1: a um, catering company, my brother and I. Uh-huh. That's how we made money when we got to New York before, you know, to support the the videos. And this kombucha is good. Glad you like Fuck. it, man. Um, and we we cooked for thousands of people. Wow. And we never had like a reported issue. And I I have a theory that it's just it's it's the love you're putting into the food you know not even necessarily the Mm -hmm. the ingredients or you know i believe in in fresh ingredients but i think there's something with that because we you would think there would be one incident never happened Mm
0: -mm. wow never had one like report i mean something could happen but
1: yeah thousands of people
0: that's incredible yeah um just going back real quick to when i asked you whether you've ever experienced uh, stomach yeah. issue, digestive issues man I came out of that experience actually while I was in it you forget what a luxury it is to ah, be able to eat whatever the fuck you yeah. want whenever you want right? that's
1: like any any sickness you forget you, you take for granted yeah. always health but
0: food specifically ah. is the thing that you do several times a day and to have to time that and analyze it and not even sometimes be able to do it. Man, that was a wake up call. What were you eating in that time? Like what could you eat that? They said bland food didn't help. It was just anything going in uh, yeah. was painful. But I I didn't eat anything fried, anything with spices, yeah. anything good, <laughs> really. And I couldn't wait till I just cook for myself, not even go to Shake Shack. Yeah. Cook something for myself. Right. Mm. And I was actually watching some of your stuff too mm-hmm. during that time thinking, man, am I ever going to be able to just have a fucking cookie again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because this is, I miss that so much. And it was two weeks. It was three weeks. Yeah. You know, it it gets you real quick. It's funny though, because I do think they're, um,
1: you know, like I said with my wife, with with some of uh, her issues that she's dealt with. I think there's a, there's a good side to it because it it wakes you up and you know, some people who can eat anything they want, um, they might not go on a journey. You see a lot of people who have a, you know, some type of illness or digestive issue, autoimmune disorder. They are the ones that are like working real hard to get healthy. And I think there's a big benefit to that. It's showing you like Mm -hmm. clean up your act and, um, you know, this is what it takes to like really eat a, a healthy diet. So, mm-hmm. I think it can be helpful too when when those things happen. Yeah. Like
0: you said, you know, maybe you shouldn't be eating all those cookies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm for the most part, I'm actually pretty good with with the diet, yeah. which is which is what kind of woke me up to the fact that it doesn't really matter. Like you can still get fucked, and mm. just be careful. Yeah, you know, whatever you do, like do as much as you can. If there's an opportunity to eat something good, do it. Yeah. Like don't don't get too cocky. Because I got cocky. I'm like, oh I cook for myself. Everything is good. I don't yeah. drink too much. So let's go out and party a little bit too much. Age is getting a little bit of a it's yeah. becoming an element too and so Oh, this is what I want to ask you. So you cook a lot. Yeah. All of your meals almost? Mm, I mean ninety okay. percent. I like going out. So I was going to ask you: so much good food available in New York. Yeah. How do you reconcile? How do you find the? Uh you know,
1: it's not as good as you think when you cook on. You know, on a high level, I I that's I try to find places that <laughs> you know are impressive. Yeah. Um, and that whatever it, it's either you know they're good atmosphere yeah. or they have really you know just badass food. What so, do you like? I like everything, man. I mean, I really... My top cuisines are probably um, Asian, uh, Mexican. Uh, I mean, but I like Italian food. I really like everything. It's mm-hmm. Just anything good.
0: Anything yeah. in particular in, in the city?
1: In the city, you know, I'm over on the other side of the pond, so Brooklyn is more what I know and where I go out. Um, so I don't have any it's so hard. I don't know if you run into this, but when someone asks you, Oh, I'm in New York. Like, what do you recommend? It's like, it's hard. Cause there's so much. Yeah, I
0: have a list. Cause I can't you think. Have a list. The, that's good yeah, to have right. a list. Yeah. Smart. Cause otherwise, I mean, you're right. There is too much. Um, there is a place in Brooklyn that just opened up. Um, it's the first Persian mm. restaurant that's cooking like mom. Really? And it's that's kind of, that okay, yeah. so
1: that's the shit that I'm that shit, I yeah. seek out. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's not like I don't know. Sometimes what I have found, especially as I continue on in my cooking career, and you get this is an issue I have with New York cuisine, um, which is so much of it is based on trendiness and mm. business. And once you're based on that you go against what I believe, you know, cooking value should be, which is cooking like mom or, you know, cooking with love. Like it doesn't matter how trendy it is. I've been to, um, Mm -hmm. you know, all of the little, um, you know, 20 course dinners, tasting menus. And I've had horrible experiences. Mm -hmm. Whereas if I, you know, go to a restaurant and say that's has some connection and they really care, Mm -hmm it's that that's what i want and a lot of new york it's tough because it's so hard to make a business here and keep it going that it's based on like all right is this thing trendy um are we you know making a ton of money and to me that can that can hurt your your cooking
0: um okay so time for another quick yes or no speaking of trends avocado toast yes or no
1: hell yes okay. but I add, uh, I I make, I mean, okay, no to buying them all the time. <laughs> okay. Yes, to making them all the time. I make them all the time, but I add homemade sauerkraut. Oh, Try it. Try, you, I saw some sauerkraut in there. It's in there. Next yeah. time you make avocado toast, yeah. add sauerkraut. You'll never turn oh, back. Shit. Yeah, guaranteed.
0: Okay. Uh, burrata, bread, and olive oil for dinner. Yes or no?
1: Like, that's it? That's
0: it. Once in a while. not a Sure.
1: Plan. I mean, this to me, what you did here, <laughs> it's weird because I've been in a weird like, I don't know if I was a little sick today or just tired. So my my eating was off. And um, when I came here and you had this whole spread, you just hit the spot for some reason. I didn't want dinner. Mm. So that answers your question. You mm-hmm. have um, some, some ham, some cured ham. You have some mozzarella, cheese, and that. Just hit the spot. And now I'm good. Good. I'm good. That was dinner. All right. That was dinner. So I I guess I'm... (laughs) Yes.
0: I'm looking for excuses to do this uh, more (laughs) often, you know? Uh, Lime or lemon? Wow. I think um,
1: lemon. When I used to cook Mexican food a lot more, I was a big lime guy. But lemons, like, that is an ingredient. That is... if. You know, like I was talking about having, uh, mm. you know, the the, the the classic things you get every time. Lemon is always on my list if mm. I go to the store. Because I also drink, like, you know, lemon water in the, the morning. Yeah. And just, oh, it's so good. Man, for me, it's lime. Really? I
0: grew up, there were no lemons. Okay, So well, that makes sense. But you would think exotic, you want that. But no. From, you didn't have lemons. No, we had limes. Really? Yeah. Lemons are sweet in Iran. Oh, that sounds like good. A, oh, dude. I yeah. haven't found it anywhere. Oh, uh, you don't get that stuff. Yeah.
1: That's like when you go, you know, you go to Mexico and you yeah. you find the citrus that is just like, yeah, a it's sweet like lemon. Sweet that's lemon. That's like orange on the inside or something crazy. It was a fruit, yeah. Crazy. It was a
0: fruit you just eat like a, you squeeze. Nice. Um, dark or milk? Chocolate. Uh,
1: dark like
0: yeah real real dark oh man milk chocolate oh yeah dude what are you six i'm a baby yes (laughs) wait so (laughs) good
1: story behind i um i taught a kid's cooking class for a semester and i I the kids were probably eight nine years old and it was so funny because I love dark chocolate and you know I I was making s'mores or something fun where he melted chocolate and I brought in all this dark chocolate thinking like oh yeah it's chocolate and the kids it was just like what the fuck is this are you kidding me are you kidding me with this this is like some bullshit you know like this isn't milk chocolate and it hit me i'm like of course that's all you eat as a kid you don't do dark chocolate it's too bitter but i I love it i haven't like come come out of that face you don't like that's why okay yeah look at
0: this so that
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay i'll I'll admit it on camera that's your one flaw to this little meal god damn it mike you had just a little Dark chocolate, some refined <laughs> stuff.
0: I might have some in year.
1: I mean, you've got this full, beautiful board of incredible <laughs> ingredients, and then this milk chocolate.
0: All right, I'm gonna about. I'm gonna hit you with a tough one. Okay, which would you rather give up, bagels or noodles? Oh shit, shit. Uh, you know it's <laughs> funny. I mean,
1: 100% bagels for me. Giving up bagels, even though that's in my blood, my my Jewish blood. Noodles have become my new blood. Like that's my new religion is noodles. I knew that. You know, I I love bagels, but bagels are, bagels are, you know, it's that thing that hits home, but they're also, I can't eat them all the time. Mm. It's just like dense carbs. Not that noodles aren't, but noodles just are so versatile. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a bagel's a bagel. A noodle could be a million things. So
0: that answers your question. Well, the greatest bagel I had in New York from all the, you know, whatever place... I'm like it's good, yeah. but but it's I want half of it. Yeah, you know. You, yeah, it's a
1: lot. It's a, it's the densest mm-hmm. carbohydrate yeah. you can get, yeah, yeah. and it will take you down.
0: All right, so I'm next. I'm gonna play a classic game of the Drunk Web. Okay, with you. This is uh, my audience is familiar with this. Um, this is a play on the game merry Fuck Kill, mm. but it's called uh, Party cook gym ah. so you i give you three characters you party like with that. one you cook with one oh i like go to gym lot. that seems right up my alley yeah i think so <laughs> is <laughs> well, this just for me the party cook gym. i had to modify it for you okay yeah. for others it was like code and yeah, this yeah, yeah, and that yeah, yeah. all right party cook gym <laughs> okay ready for this also do we have any of this left um yeah i mean you can try it try it to try yeah there you go all right cool kombucha yeah kombucha of slash. the week all right, so the three characters I picked for you, my friend. Yes. Bourdain, Bernie Sanders, Jim Carrey,
1: Party Cook Jim. Yeah. Okay. Bourdain would definitely. Zoom be on you right now. Bourdain <laughs> would definitely be Jim because he. I know he's like a juj or he was a jujitsu guy. He was. R. I. P. And. Um, I would love to. Yeah. I, would, I feel like he's intense in that yeah. way. He seems yeah. like an intense guy and I would never be able to keep up with him. Party wise. like, he would scare totally, the shit out of me. Totally just, yes. would, I couldn't handle that. So yeah. that just scares me. <laughs> um, okay. Party. <laughs> All right. This is going to be a curveball. Party. Bernie Sanders. What? <laughs> <laughs> Cause I'm, I'm a bitch and I don't, I don't, Party hard. So I feel like he would, you know, he's an old man. And, you know, he'd be on my level. I'm an old man at heart. And then cook Jim Carrey. Because right. that would be fun to, I don't know how he cooks. Hmm. I don't know if he does cook. So maybe I could teach him a few things and, you know, right. he would be impressed. Well,
0: speaking of, um, if you could cook for like a dead figure, yeah, who would you cook for? A dead figure. Hmm.
1: I don't know. I gotta think about that one. Think about that. Yeah, yeah. I'll get back to you.
0: Okay. Bourdain, man, that was mm. that was rough, huh? Yeah. Um, Were you a
1: big fan of the show?
0: I was. Okay. The uh, the honesty in in the writing is yeah. always. I mean, so yeah. As a
1: writer, you must. It was yeah, incredible. Yeah, there's nothing, nothing like. That's the thing. Like towards the end of his, even at the end of his show. To me, I feel like he was checking out a little bit in the last seasons. Just you know, I don't know. Obviously, he he wasn't doing well mentally. Um, I think there was ups and downs, and the show's still just his writing. Yeah. It was always so good. It didn't even matter if he wasn't talking to anyone or mm-hmm. like this. You know, I'm talk about authenticity. Mm-hmm. He didn't give a fuck about being anyone because that's what made that show special and it will just be timeless forever you know everyone wants when you when you're on a show you just want to be someone like you're a host you gotta mm. you gotta just from the start I feel like he had such a badass attitude to that that was just so him yeah and like you wouldn't think it would work for but he made it work with his narration. It's just, you'll never have a show like that again. And that's why it was
0: so good. What would you do if you had an hour with him?
1: I would probably just ask him, you know, about locations um, that he's been, because that's the thing. He was, you know, he was almost more of a travel journalist. At the end, it wasn't even a food show, really. It, it like there was plenty of episodes in the last few seasons that especially when he went to CNN that were not food related no. at all. No, it wasn't. And um I think that's awesome that he just said, you know, fuck it, I'm just going to do what I want. So I would just probably pick his brain on, you know, places in the world that he's been.
0: Mordane, what a character. Yeah.
1: He was For me, I actually tried to create a a travel show last year and so much of that world of, you know, travel oriented shows um, just are influenced by him. Mm -hmm. There's just no way to get around it. And that was one thing that I learned was like, damn, you know, travel, traveling's hard. Mm -hmm. And that guy was hard. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) He, I think he traveled 260 days a year or something like that. And that is crazy.
0: I always wonder about the amount of help he got from uh, drugs. I don't mean illegal drugs. Yeah. Just going through all these trips and like stomach issues. you eating all this weird stuff that you've never tried before. There's got to be something that's bothering you. Oh, right? that's
1: that's what I'm talking about, man. Mm. You, There's a few YouTubers that... Are really successful. I don't know if you watch them. It's not, you know, I don't. It's not the content that I watch, but they're they're travel, uh, I guess, food guys, food mm-hmm. vloggers, um, and there's a few really successful ones. And that job is people. This is the thing, and this is w- with Bourdain too. People always looked at that job, and I think this is why his death was so shocking for people. Because people always used him as the example of, you know, this is the dream job. Mm. This guy gets to go around and try any, you know, everyone's just serve him everything. I've had a travel, like when we were on MTV, we traveled around the world and, you know, did similar things. And not like Bourdain, but we ate a ton of food. And you couldn't pay me to have that job now because... Mm it's not what you think it is. Yeah. It's really difficult to, to do that. And you got to be a certain type of character. It's like musicians who tour. Mm, they are so certain type of character. And for me, I need routine. I need to be cooking. And I've learned that over the years. And, it's so much more difficult than you think to uh, you can't have a schedule and you're eating everything and you are believe me I don't know he was built differently or just what he was doing but you're dealing with plenty of stomach issues you're in foreign countries your body isn't adapted to the food and to the time let alone the, the food the time yeah. the food it's it's not easy um, Water. so I don't know yeah drug wise or anything like that mm-hmm. but it's 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 hard
0: Yeah. What do you make of all this, like the health, healthy food movement with all the kind of misinformation that's out there? Mm. Hey, drink four juices a day and you're good to go. Yeah. Um, Especially juices, particularly, they bother me because it's like, are you taking all the best stuff out of it? All the fiber and all the juice is a great example because
1: I was kind of on that wave. Like, when I, here's the thing, what I've realized sort of my philosophy on healthy eating. Hmm. And I've developed this over years um, because I've been on this journey of like getting healthier for maybe, I would say since I met my wife. So, you know, six years. Shout out to wife. Shout out to wife. Shout out. Yeah, it's it's easier to, I think, you know, to go on a journey with someone when it comes to food. Uh, (laughs) So when I first got into it and you're first cleaning up your diet, You know, say your diet is just, um, it's all over the place. You don't know what you're doing. You're just going off what you've done before. When you are cleaning it up, you start, you know, removing some things. So there's some classic first steps. Like one of the big ones for me was juicing. I watched the documentary Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead. That's a classic. Like there was a wave of Netflix documentaries Mm. six years ago, seven years ago that really were one of the, it was like factory farming and all of that stuff. And it was just blowing up the whole food industry. This documentary fat, sick and nearly dead. The guy was fat, sick and nearly dead had all of these, you know, internal issues, uh, immune issues whatever it was, digestive issues. And he just like juiced for 50 days straight. And of course lost a ton of weight. And so we were, my wife and I were just all up on that trend. And what happens is you things change, okay? It's the same thing I I view a vegan diet as well, where we started, you know, I started reading about eating meat and all these things and how, you know, you want to I read the China study and a lot of things were pointing to, you know, cutting out a lot of meat. And for me, I never really thought about that, so I started cutting out meat, drinking a lot of juice. And You, you know, you start losing weight, you start feeling better because you're coming from such a confused diet that anything like that is probably going to help. Mm. Um, So that was the beginning of the journey. And, you know, I got really into both of those things. I wasn't like fully vegan, but, you know, really Mm. maybe 80% vegan for two years, drinking juice every morning. And then what I find and I think what is happening today is that as you start cutting these things out you start cleaning up your diet naturally because you're just conscious about it for the first time but then you know you start feeling deficiencies in certain places because you know say it's the keto diet say it's whatever diet you know whatever thing if right. it's juicing every day if it's vegan or if it's a fad, like you said, you know, it's a thing that you're doing rather than just eating healthy. Right. You, you might start feeling um deficiencies and that's what happened with me. Like my diet didn't completely feel um, it, it didn't, it didn't feel I wasn't satisfied. Like something was just off. And you see that right now in the vegan world. Mm. A lot of people on YouTube, uh shout out to, What's her name? Raw Vana. Have, have okay. you seen any of that? No. There's a big controversy because these people are making money off being vegan or raw. And then they <laughs> get caught. She got caught what? fucking eating fish. And, you know, the whole world came down on her. Oh, my God. Because what happens is you start getting, you know, de- vitamin deficiency or yeah. whatever. And, not, you know, that's a whole different thing when you're lying to people and you're making money off of it. But she, um, or sorry, not. That's that's what happened with me. I I started feeling sort of deficiencies in places and realized like maybe I just need to focus on more of a whole diet. And for me, that was just eating the freshest stuff. That was eating the most local stuff. Um, that was eating more fermented stuff. And it wasn't like I started moving away from juices. Like that was a great thing. Like I I just. Started being repelled by juices Mm. when I I thought they were so healthy. I was like, I want more just whole, yeah, you know, like I'll I'll, chew on a carrot, I'll chew on a carrot, or even blend it, you know, in a smoothie, but have the whole thing. It felt wasteful, and I'll have a juice every now and then. Like, if I'm if I just need the nutrients, if I'm feeling like I don't want extra food in my stomach, I just need nutrients, but I don't juice anymore. But I did do that for a while, yeah.
0: It's crazy, right, because I see something like that happen um, complaining about the default American diet mm. and then I see juice uh, I guess entities kind of taking advantage of the situation so
1: that's that's the American culture is that since we have such a lack of food culture you know in our history, right, people get taken advantage of mm. so that is the classic thing that's why these diets and everyone's talk people you know if this is passed down from generation if you're in in Italy or wherever where there's really strong food culture you you don't see juice companies coming in or companies taking over maybe a little more now but it really comes down to that people are looking it's just like religion like we're looking for answers oh this is going to make me healthy and you're going to follow marketing because we're human beings. We're we're dumb, you know? We're going to follow these angles and, oh, this, you know, this is going to do this. So we get taken advantage of and that's what I promote too is just, you know, trying to create an overall healthy diet that's balanced. That's not like one thing that you Mm got to do.
0: You know, getting out of my episode, it took a while. It wasn't an overnight thing, you know, because a lot of people go into it thinking oh i'm just gonna drink a juice now and i'm gonna feel better no it takes time mm. i mean it takes as much what is uh there's a sex in the city episode that goes uh um however long you dated a guy it takes half of that time to get over yeah, him i like that you know <laughs> whatever long however long you've been eating like shit yeah it's probably gonna take I half actually, of that i
1: actually i actually think that's a great when i first started getting into healthy food i felt like it was Maybe half. Yeah. I almost thought it was like equal time. You yeah. know, like it could half is actually a good way to think about it. Mm. But I think you're so right. It, it your body, it, it takes time to adapt. Yeah. And that's the thing. You can have these immediate feelings from juice and stuff and people get attached, but it's like, we want long term health. We want to feel good. Yeah. The so I wonder
0: if, if it's a fair kind of criticism to go, cause on the other side of the coin you have kfc yeah and then on this side you have you know juicing 100 percent of your meals i wonder if there are better fights to fight than pointing out the uh, hypocrisy of the juice companies because it's all right at least we're a little bit closer it's still that's a good question that's i mean
1: that's hard to answer but you've got a point there it's I think it uh, it can be a gateway drug into health, whereas KFC mm-hmm. is not a gate. You it's know, not even close. It's yeah. not a gateway yeah. into anything. So yeah, you can't. It's all in education, but you're right. It's hard to like truly, you know, push that
0: down. Yeah, <laughs> or, it's like it's uh, a good point. Yeah, it's like Democrats being super judgmental of all their people right now. It's like there are better fights to fight. I don't mean to get into politics, but being so critical of these people who want to do 80% of things right. It's like, but what about the last 20%? It's like the house is on fire. Yeah. Are you picking on how crooked the art is on the wall?
1: Yeah. Yeah. You can't really blame them, but you know, again, it's just an education. Yeah. There, there's other ways than just juice and everything. This prosciutto is so good. dude. I
0: know. Italy does a great job. And the way they cut it too, I hate saying this, but if prosciutto is cut too thick, I just don't want to eat it. Yeah, it gets dry.
1: That's like hamon is good. Hamon, yeah, yeah. Prosciutto. How
0: many dates did you wait before you cook for your now wife? Zero. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> That's how I met her.
1: You uh, played that card immediately. No, I um, I used to. So when we came to New York and when I came to New York, I was cooking with my brother and we were doing anything to make money. And I had a friend who had just had like a big group of girlfriends. Um, there was like 10 of them, 12 of them. And they were an awesome crowd because they all ate everything. They didn't care what we cooked. So we would have them over our loft and we do private dinner parties. And, um, I think we'd charge them. I think it started at $20 a person. Then it went up to $25 a person and they would come over any, you know, there's 12 girls. So there's always something to celebrate, mm-hmm. whether it be Valentine's day, a birthday party. So they used our place is like, you know, we'll just go there and we're all together. You know, we don't need to be in a restaurant mm-hmm. and yeah, I picked her <laughs> <laughs> out of, That's... out of the crew. <laughs>
0: What is the worst thing you ever cooked? Mm. The worst thing. That's that's such a difficult question. <laughs> <laughs> is it because there's nothing there or is it because there's too much there?
1: I don't. I feel like maybe I just don't remember. <laughs> you know, like I'm sure there was plenty of bad things. Yeah. We made some pretty weird stuff. A lot of things in, inspired by my brother when we had a show on MTV, we got a little aggressive with things that were just over the top. Mm. not Like we did a pizza once with, you know, it's funny because when we would answer interview questions in those days, this was like the craziest thing we ever cooked. And now when I look back on it, it's the worst, but it, it was a pizza with four courses in one slice so it's like as you ate it it was like breakfast lunch dinner dessert (laughs) and and, you know kind of creative but ridiculous
0: uh what's the best thing you cooked so i haven't cooked as as much as you yeah but it's hard for me to remember because there's so much that's really difficult
1: um i think yeah man i mean it's it's all great like when i make a excellent bowl of ramen noodles mm. and i just nail it and it feels so authentic mm. and i've never been to japan but i'm like this is just i was gonna ask you you should yeah try and trying you, you would <laughs> i would love to um yeah. but some that's always great but yeah what Every, would you cook for uh, bourdain would i it depends on the situation mm. it always depends um Depends on what meal: breakfast, lunch, right dinner. now, tonight. He was tonight. here.
0: He was to come in, be like, "Mike G, I'm here. What's for dinner?" It really depends
1: on what's in my my fridge, but it it usually revolves around, yeah. Like I always like for me, um, you know, fer- fermented things are always impressive because it takes time, yeah. mm-hmm. and you know, you get to taste this crafted drink. So that would somehow be involved, whatever I had, if it was a homemade beer, um, but. I don't know. Whatever's fresh. <laughs> whatever's fresh.
0: Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Fresh, man. It yeah. just fixes everything.
1: Yeah, it's- it does. It really does. It's hard once you go fresh, once you go, you know. Yeah. To me, that is, you know, if you're going to try to clean up your diet, just start attacking the best ingredients. That's yeah. it. That's just go from there. Obviously, you know, it's not easy for everyone to to track that down to afford that. But any way you can make that happen, even farmers markets aren't as expensive as you might think. Um, that is the number one way to clean up your diet. People don't put enough value into uh, ingredients and in this country, it's real backwards. Hmm. You know, that's, I think the biggest issue, that's what I'm talking about If people put all this, you know, effort into promoting these diets and stuff. And they're missing the whole thing. It's just freshness. It's, it's, you know, where are you getting your ingredients? How are they growing them? That's, Mm. that's what other countries do better than us and why they're healthier than us.
0: Yeah. I, uh, really do think that you are contributing to this sort of Movement that's not even apparent to people that, that it's a movement because the movement is the juice thing. A movement yeah, yeah, yeah. is a fad. Uh, that's a good
1: point. It's it's a fad. It's trendy. It's, yeah. it's in. It's like we said, you know, it's health. This is a long process. It's not an overnight thing. Yeah. yeah. So I hope to contribute in the long form because it takes too. It takes effort. It's not just drinking some juices in the morning. Yeah. It's like cleaning up your diet, starting to cook. At home, fermenting things, whatever
0: it is, takes time and effort, and it's hard. Started to mess around with uh, toasting um, Japanese breadcrumbs. Oh, just nice. a little bit on, on yeah. the stove, and then pouring that in salad. Ah, the crunch. Yeah. Oh, with za'atar. So, toasted with za'atar. Dude. Yeah.
1: So, that it takes 20 seconds. Yeah, that's an interesting, because I generally put bread in my like I toast up bread sourdough mm. and it's hard for me not to eat a salad without that cuz it's like yeah. it becomes a reverse sandwich mm. you know we all love sandwiches we all reverse love carbs yeah. and salads are hard to eat yeah. but I like eating salads but it's all about getting crafty like that is a crafty
0: yeah. move to make salads better guys if you haven't well here's what I would say about you I would say that if if you have been on YouTube Searching for some kind of recipe. Mm. Chances are you've clicked on Mike, if not his brother. Josh? Um, Yes, Josh. Josh is my brother. Josh. Or if you haven't, you've probably passed them by one or two you thumbnails. Know, this is a
1: question. This is a question that I've been thinking about recently, this exact thing. Because, you know, it's hard for like, I'm this guy. I have a YouTube channel. I don't see myself in that way making a living what is it like from the outside perspective like even hearing you talk about it you know i was i was thinking about like okay at this point you know we've got a big subscriber base and i have videos You know, i'll click sometimes i'll just look back and be like holy shit you know this video has three million Mm. uh, views so like i'm sure it's getting around in the food space so i'm wondering user experience like Mm -hmm. you said is it you know when you were clicking, was it just the fermentation thing that got you in, or it's just them popping up in places? Hmm. I just like I'm wondering from a perspective of just a, a cook, mm-hmm. what is that experience?
0: Yeah, <laughs> does that make sense? It does. Yeah. Okay. Well, what got me to click on your uh, kimchi was the the kimchi from- was that you had a close up of the bubbles with you in the background blurry. Yeah. So I'm like, there's, 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 this guy's thinking about composition. Mm. He's composing this image. There's, it's not just kimchi in two minutes. Yeah. Kimchi's going to take more than two minutes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I watched a bunch of Korean ladies, old ladies. They were doing kimchi. It just wasn't. (laughs) So it's
1: funny, (laughs) you know, side note, but that's why I started doing fermentation because I got so into it. And then I realized, holy shit, you know, everything on YouTube is like you know when it comes to beer making it's some hippie in his basement (laughs) did it in like three parts with on his iphone Mm. there was no one doing cool educational entertaining fermentation videos so it's nice to to hear that because that was my goal
0: you also didn't so i do my stuff as short as possible i try to make it short so i think there's value in things being precise yours wasn't yours was i don't know how long it is but it's not two minutes no but you also didn't waste my time mm. we got in there you didn't talk about yourself like this is me and this is if you like my stuff yeah subscribe like i don't know the subscribe buttons there like i know i know everybody knows that,
1: it's so funny when i see people that are promoting that it's like,
0: like slam the like button it's like yeah. no um but no but, <laughs> <laughs> no. but, <laughs> but don't <you laughs> force me to do anything i, I you would know? do it I, i'll do it yeah. if i want to i know it's there uh, but you also, you got right into the science of it. Yeah, You've, Video production was good. Mm-hmm. I think you, I appreciated the fact that you put thought into it, Yeah, you know, and that you respected my time. That's something mm-hmm. that I try to do with the podcast where a you bunch of some this- put effort into it, yeah. Yeah, and a bunch of stuff that you and I talked about, I'm probably gonna take them out because mm-hmm. they're relevant to you and me and maybe to some New Yorkers. But if some other guys listening- I mean, to him, it's like, look, I gave you my time. Yeah, you- I agree.
1: I, I agree with that. I think yeah. it's valuable because now it's like everyone has a fucking podcast and, mm. you know, let's go chat. Like, I'm so important, you know. Right. Let's talk. But I
0: appreciate yeah. effort. Yeah. Writing things out and all of that. Yeah. Um, by the way. Yeah. Putting salt or toasted sesame seeds on food. Ever since I've heard you say hit it with, (laughs) there is no other way to put it. Like, there's nothing else.
1: Because that's real natural for me. Hit it with. Nothing
0: else makes sense to me.
1: Huh. I wonder where I even got that.
0: Yeah. But it's the right thing to hit say. It with. <laughs> I'm
1: always looking for, you know, yes. Yeah,
0: sprinkle it on, hit it with. No, hit yeah. it with is the thing to say. <laughs> All right,
1: that's the catchphrase, I guess. Hit it with.
0: I'm like, how, how else am I going to, like, if I'm cooking yeah. with somebody, I'm like, hey, can you put some salt on there? That doesn't sound right. Yeah, that hit it with some not... salt. Love it, man yeah that. no i think it's it's pretty cool man just looking at it from the outside looking yeah. at how consistent you've been with your content mm. it inspires me because that's what i'm trying to do yeah with my content and i look at that and go i've been dwelling on this one course for months yeah and i'm writing and writing and writing stop you need to shoot mm. right so when i see how frequently you you put stuff out there it it's a really good thing to see that look it's possible yeah
1: it's interesting though because i've been doing courses now and it is it's a different i like it because it's so challenging because you have to Mm -hmm. write it's like a book right you know whereas youtube you can get caught in that trap too of just putting things out putting things out putting things out that just don't you know, it's direct reward from your audience. It's just that, that cycle. Mm. And I like, you know, I had to take a break from that and start doing things that took more time, yeah. that took more effort, that I had to really think about. Cause, you know, you wanna be challenged. Yeah. You wanna be confused.
0: <laughs> and like, a little bit, yeah. A little bit, yeah, you yeah. know.
1: And sometimes with YouTube, just the constant, let me just upload to upload is like,
0: eh. yeah. I agree with that. I think we covered majority of what I wanted to cover. We didn't talk enough about content creation. We talked a little bit about it. What I wanted the audience to to take away from the episode was not all the cooking stuff. It's the attention to to your craft. Mm -hmm. And I think you can apply to anything. Hopefully my listeners are applying that to tech. And uh, by the way, what a beautiful thing. We were just talking about this before we started recording. The fact that two complete strangers can find each other because of their craft that aren't even the same thing. Mm. And we can get together. I find that very exciting.
1: Yeah, and talk and have a great conversation. And yeah, no, it is really cool, Yeah, the internet.
0: I thought it was really cool and cool of you to want to do this not knowing what I do or any of this. Yeah. But I thought it was interesting how, uh, you know, we can talk about your craft and then whoever's listening, whatever it is that they do, they may not even be a coder. They can look at that and go, if you can apply that to Mm. food, you can probably apply that to whatever else it is you do for a living. Yeah. Hopefully that's the message. Well, that's,
1: you know, when it comes to being on YouTube, cooking is what my mission is, you know, inspiring people to cook. But as far as the technical side and the business, that's like everyone else, you Mm. know? (laughs) Putting out videos, producing this stuff, making them entertaining, that has nothing to do with The art of cooking, Um, and I think that's relatable to whatever you're going through.
0: Yeah, but you have all these close-up shots and things like that that people don't even, they don't realize why the video was good. But it's all these like jump cuts that Mm -hmm. you have and different angles. And I like that that the kitchen is not so well, you know. I mean, it's organized, but it's not a big kitchen. I like that there's a little bit of. Like, <laughs> like breadcrumbs and stuff in the corner. It makes it relatable, but it's not bad quality. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's a really interesting kind yeah, of mix. I
1: try my best. It's funny because I'm getting a studio now, and it's interesting to see people react, hmm. you know? So... Some obviously a lot of people are excited, but then you get the fans that are like, no, you know, I learned, I learned how to cook in my small apartment because of that kitchen. And it's Mm. like, listen, we all got to (laughs) grow. We all have to change. Let me be.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you can have like a small kitchen corner. That would be funny. (laughs) Yeah, that would be funny. Like we're going to make the sauce in the small kitchen. Actually, you know what?
1: <laughs> that should do that. That is kind of the idea of like, there's a one space that I want to turn into like its own set. But I'm thinking more that maybe that that will be the vibe. Just dude, like a you tight space. Totally
0: try to simulate no. the old kitchen. I'm <laughs> That's telling not you, happening. Just like cardboard p- uh, prints M- of the. <laughs> moving on, dude. Moving on. It served its purpose. Wow, Mike G. Yeah, it's nice having you here. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. This uh, yeah. is great, man. Yeah, loved your questions. Loved your intro. Yeah.
1: Um. And yeah, I hope. Uh, hope you guys enjoy it out there.
0: Yeah, Instagram life. What's up, guys? Um, this will be on iTunes and Spotify and all cool. the whatever podcasts yeah, are. Yeah, spread it out yeah on a avocado toast like well, um with sauerkraut with sauerkraut <laughs> um guys thank you for uh thank you for tuning in i know this was different this had nothing to do with nerdy stuff uh, mike any last words anything else you want to say to inspire anybody who wants to start their own content their own craft whatever else it is
1: number one well, get cooking you know mm. get get yourself cooking that's that's the most important thing. As far as inspiration in your own craft, you just got to do things. Don't, you know, fear will, will crush you. You got to take risks. Um, you got to be all right with failing. Like you said, I think I, so many people don't start because they want things to be perfect. Nothing's perfect. You know, things develop just like your health. Mm. This stuff takes years. Um, people look at 1.4 million subscribers or whatever. It's like, yeah, well I was making videos on Vimeo with, but no subscribers. Um, so if you're looking to do something, content creation or just build anything, just start putting
0: things out and trying it and be patient. Awesome. Thank you, Mike. Um, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Check out uh, the YouTube Brothers Green. Brothers Green Eats. YouTube. Brothers Green. I mean, you don't even have to go far. Just look for kimchi, and it's like the number one, number two. And uh, no matter what you're looking for, what kind of food, you got it. I mean, it's, yeah. you have so much <laughs> stuff out there. <laughs>
1: big variety. That's true. Yeah, especially if you like. There's a big ha- archive. That's what's awesome about YouTube is that um, it's the dictionary of video you know, and that's not going away. Things like YouTube has become so much trendier and so many people are in it and they're just trying to get hits in the moment and clickbait and blah, blah, blah. But food content, at least for me, it's, it's been cool to get in early because I put in those like fermentation videos or whatever they are It's just, they're in there. Mm -hmm. And if you search that, it's like that hopefully will continue on for years. And uh, that's, fun to think about. I won't go anywhere. Yeah.
0: yeah. And last I heard, uh, I think YouTube has six or seven backups. So I think you got Wow. Get, yeah. Until, <laughs> yeah. It's like,
1: <laughs> when will YouTube, just like the dictionary, <laughs> uh, the dictionary, whatever, the encyclopedia, when will YouTube be out of date?
0: Yeah, no, I don't know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Yeah. It's coming.
0: YouTube is most of the internet. YouTube is such an important player. Yeah. yeah on the yeah. internet. It's, it really is. Yeah. Yeah. Great So, yeah. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. This episode was sponsored by Uncle Cena, nobody else. Have a great night. We're going to go drink some more and maybe have some snacks. Good night.